Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. I know it doesn't sound like me, but it definitely yeah. is me. As you can hear from Joe, you might be able to hear from me. We are both sick, so we'll see how long this goes for. But we were <laughs> not kissing. We were not, we no. were not kissing, and there was, there was no bodily fluids that were exchanged between us because it never happened. No. I, I, I got so- mine from patient zero, my son. Oh. Joe, I you probably got it from an airport somewhere. <laughs> you know, I and I was on the airplane, and there's a woman that's one thing back and over that is sniffling and coughing, and I was mm-hmm. like this, and she was lowering her mask to cough in her hand, mm-hmm. and I, I and I had to say something to the flight attendant. I go, ma'am, um, look, I don't want to be a jerk about this, but can she keep her mask on at least? And the woman's like. Yeah, we, you know, we can't say anything to anyone. I'm thinking, well, I mean, I've already had COVID, so that's fine, but I really don't want to get sick, and here I am sick. Ah. Yeah, that's that's why I like masks on planes. I like them because I have not gotten sick I am not going to wear a mask. In the last year. No, masks not, don't work. I haven't masks. gotten sick. They don't then work. Then why were you telling her to put her mask back on? Well, I don't know. <laughs> You admit it works. When, you, when you're sick, if you cover your cough, you reduce the likelihood of other people getting it. I mean, we've known that since the Middle Ages before. I like masks on planes. I'm all about that because it's a flying Petri dish. You're basically in an aluminum cylinder flying hundreds of miles through the air using recycled air, and everyone's breathing, everyone else is there, and I'm happy if I wear a mask and everyone else wear a mask. I'm fine with that. I think it should be voluntary, but I think I'm going to give you dirty looks if you don't do it. (laughs) Uh, uh, I have not gotten sick on a plane this year, and usually I'm sick every time I travel. Every time, without fail. How many times like have you been on a plane? What? You do hate Maybe traveling. Two or three, three times this year? You are like, um, who's the guy, that uh, airplane guy? You are like, uh, Mr. Producer, what am I trying to say? I'm not 100% the sure. The big airplane guy. Locked himself in it, germaphobe. Hated traveling. I'm not a germaphobe. I'm not a germaphobe, but when you're breathing everyone else's air, it only takes one person to be sick on a plane, and everyone's getting sick. I would agree. So if there's that. If there's anywhere where we should be covering our mouths, <laughs> it's where we're all breathing each other's recycled air. <laughs> if I could, if I could fly in a hermetically sealed, oxygenated compartment and just breathe my own air, I'd be happy. I would be happy. That's what they should. That's what they should offer in first class. Oxygen masks, full time. But you can take I'd, it I'd off as long that. as you're eating or drinking. <laughs> yeah, because yes. that it doesn't exist during that time. I don't. I don't know. Yes. I don't I, I don't see the logic. I still can't see the logic. I'm never gonna well, see the logic. You want them to put their mask back on. You want them to put their mask back on, so you see the Look, logic. I go <laughs> from five o'clock in the morning until eleven o'clock at night. I am constantly, one hundred percent constantly in a place where where I'm I'm just going hundred miles an hour. Blah, 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 blah. So it's not uncommon. My doctor just said I'm just I'm running myself too ragged. He said you're just you're doing trying to do too much. So, I, you know, you're going to get sick when you're – I still take all my vitamins. I still work out every day. Um, that's not true. I haven't worked out in two days because I've been sick. But so, it, it you know, it, it, it has a lot more to do with the fact that I'm just constantly moving, constantly. Well, we have a lot to get into today, Joe. Did you see yesterday that Congress voted to hold Mark Meadows in contempt of Congress? Yeah. They're getting extremely desperate. Desperate. Yeah, all the polls indicate that they're going to get a shellacking in the midterms, like a complete shellacking. Democrats, more Democrats are retiring than they were retiring before the Tea Party election. Yeah. So Democrats see the writing of the wall. They're retiring. They don't want to have to fight. They know it's a it's a losing battle. So you would think that maybe they would get to work on the things that matter. Maybe they would fight inflation instead of trying to increase spending, which would make inflation worse. Right. Maybe they would fight to secure the border. Right. There's lots of things they can be doing 
But no, Nancy Pelosi called Congress back into session because they were trying to sneak away on an extended Christmas vacation, called them back into session yesterday to vote to hold Mark Meadows in contempt of Congress. Mark Meadows, former congressman, Trump's chief of staff on the way out, right? the the final chief of staff, holding him in contempt because he will not hand over all of his private communications with Donald Trump. He will not testify. You don't have to hand over all your private communications. It's with the president of the United States. You don't have to do it. She can go get forked. See? See what I did there, Mr. Producer? I made it your life easier because I was going to say a bad word. But I don't like to say bad words, so I didn't. Well, it's, it's, it's a no man's land because typically when you're not president, you're not president. So Donald Trump is not right. president right now. So his ability to stop things, it's largely – so there's two ways Trump can stop it. Either he's hoping that Joe Biden will enforce his executive privilege, which Joe Biden won't. Joe Biden wants to take Trump down. He's already said we'll hand over everything. The other way would have been if all of this was in the possession of his presidential library. Those are the two things. So there's like a no man's land for the first year of a new administration where the documents haven't been given to the library yet. So they aren't secured and protected against these kinds of subpoenas. Because if they're at the library, the library can tell them to pound sand and fight it in court. You can't throw a library in prison. But because they haven't been sent to the library yet, even if the library isn't a real place, it's it's an entity, right? right. They will hold it somewhere before the physical library is built. Because all of the documents and notes and memorandum haven't been sent to a library, they're in Joe Biden's possession. They're in the National Archives Library of Congress in their possession. So Donald Trump doesn't have any control over it. So he can he can't control the documents because he doesn't possess them. I mean, I guess he they possess some of their own documents, but any documents that they left behind on servers, they don't possess them. They can't stop it. So right. when they're exerting executive privilege, they're hoping that the current administration, Joe Biden, the little weasel trader, they're hoping that he will exert Ooh, executive privilege weasel on tra- Trump's trader. behalf, hoping yeah. that he'll exert exe- executive privilege on Trump's behalf, or that the courts will step in and say Donald Trump and his closest aides do not have to testify because it's still covered by executive privilege. If executive privilege exists, which is the notion that the president should be allowed to talk with his closest advisors and bounce strategy ideas off of one of them, one another without worrying about those strategy sessions becoming public, right? If like, imagine Joe, the, the Cuban missile crisis, you have John F. Kennedy uh, with his advisors saying, what are we going to do about Soviet missiles in Cuba? They're just a hundred, hundred some odd miles away from the mainland. They could hit us in a moment. What do we do? Imagine if that went public, either after the crisis or before the crisis, imagine if the public knew that they were talking about the potential for nuclear war. It would it would destroy the economy if, if the people knew that that's how close we were, right? So you, so the president's supposed to have the right to talk with his advisors, bounce yep. ideas off of one another without yep. worrying about it being publicized. Because then it's not actually national security. Then he's not acting in the national interest. Then everything is viewed through the lens of politics. And when you're making national security decisions, the last thing you want is for everything to be political. Well, but it already is political. It I mean, is. I think, I think that's. I think that everything that we're seeing right now, and and Max, you talk about the Democrats being being nervous. They're getting desperate. Did Did you see what what Biden did yesterday at the holiday party? Holiday party, Christmas party, by the way, it's Christmas party. Yeah, I saw a few things. I saw him him basically say. Like, what's the big deal if you give up your freedoms? I, I know there are a bunch of stupid clips. No, no, no. This is this is even better than that. This is better than that. So what? Where he, he did, said his 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 only his only regret was that he didn't plan the Christmas party somewhere else. No, let me let me read some of this to you. All right, First all right. of all, he said, "I want to tell my my Republican friends, get ready, pal. You're in for a problem." Biden said, "Explain the Republicans that are against everything and challenge the crowd to name something the GOP is for." Look, I can tell you what the GOP's for. Ready? Let me tell you what they're for. Actually, let me separate it. Because the rhinos in the GOP it's actually hard. and the radical leftist, they're all on the same side. So let me tell you what Americans are for. Americans are for um, balancing budgets, right? Elections are not stolen. Secure borders. Inflation control. Balancing budgets. Shrinking the government who treats us like slaves. Schools that teach basics like math, science, and English. And how about leadership doesn't rob the American people of dignity and respect? 
That is what the American people are for. Now, I don't know if the GOP is for that, but I think there are people in the GOP that are for it. But what they're saying is, is that the GOP is not for anything. No, they're not for any of the radical, piece of trash, agenda, terroristic items to steal our country. They're not for that. They're not for that. But yeah, he, he basically got up there. And Pelosi, by the way, called a uh, piece of crap Biden the perfect president. Notice that I didn't say he, he's a president because he's not. President Applesauce. President Applesauce. Apple, Apple, Apple. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, they're going to try and take a victory lap. They've done nothing but make things worse. Um, but he said they're going to win in 2020. <laughs> they're going to win yeah. in 2022. 2024? 2022. Or 2022, yeah. Only yeah. 22% of, of Americans want Joe Biden on the ballot in 2024. I think it's 15% of Americans want uh, Kamala Harris on the ballot in 2024. Th- those are the lowest numbers I- I've ever seen. And to yeah. go from the quote-unquote most popular president ever. That's the, that's the official narrative. Joe Biden's the most popular president ever. More people than ever before voted for him. Not a single president who has ever received more votes than Joe Biden to go from the most popular president ever to in less than a year, 80, 78% of Americans not wanting him on the ballot the next time around. I mean, people are waking up. They re, you, That doesn't happen, right? The only way that happens is if he was never the most popular president in the in history, which is true. He was not. He was selected, not elected. Well, I, I thought you were mentioning this clip. I pulled it. It's not what we're talking about, but um, it, it was one of those moments where Joe Biden decided to have a little moment of clarity. Mr. Brewster, if we can jump ahead to cut seven. This is the clip I thought you were referring to um, from yesterday. Him saying, what's the big deal if people have to give up a little bit of their freedoms? Mr. Brewster, let's play cut seven. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a, to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? And sorry to interrupt, guys. I just do have to remind everybody that today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you like to hike or spend time outdoors, if you like to climb like I do, uh, Colorado's amazing for that. Uh, health insurance won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight, but with Air Medicare Network, you are covered for as little as $85 a year. Your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, if you use promo code DAILY, that is D-A-I-L-Y, promo code DAILY, you will receive up to a $50 e-gift card back when you sign up today. You can do so at airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily. So sorry to interrupt. Keep going, guys. What's, What's the big, the big deal? deal? I will say for all of his Hollywood style production of of the budget that they're putting to try and make him look like an actual president, Joe, your green screen, my screen, green screen looks far better than his did in that clip. Because <laughs> that was not he was not actually standing in the hallway. That was no. superimposed images of blurry of blurry uh, Christmas trees behind him to make it look like he was actually. At the White House. Who knows where he was? We don't know where he was. But that's my Probably point. Probably across is the street in the executive well, office building. Why in the world would you have in the White House and then have a stage across the street anyway? Why would that be? They say it's to control lighting, to control sound. It's I mean, the White on. House. It's the most secure area ever. You would never want to leave the White House. And, and I don't think Trump ever did that. I don't think he ever had a stage built for that looked like the White no. House. Why would no. he? Why would he? No, they want everything contro- as controlled as possible. I mean, just, just think about that. Every time the president leaves the White House, it's a li- literal security threat. Right? The minute he goes outside those gates at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, he could be attacked. It could be The motorcade could be blown up, right? He could be shot. Anything could happen. So the idea that they are deliberately removing him on an almost daily basis out of the most secure building in the country to go across the street and to do press events at a mock-up soundstage version of the most secure building in the country. It's just obviously, there's obviously something going on. I mean, when you have a president who has dementia, he's in um, serious mental decline. You have to control as much as you can, right? You have to, you have to put the extra time into the lighting, the sound. I mean, Joe, there's sometimes where he's not well lit and he looks like he's on death's door. It's true. 
as Joe coughs. Um, Sorry about that. It's true. I thought I, I, thought I cut look, it off. Did I not cut it off? No, I, I, you cut it Sorry. off. Um, but he looks like he's on death's door when, when the lighting isn't good, right? And when you don't control the sound, when he's in the Oval Office, you know what happens when he has these events with, with foreign leaders? When the press starts asking questions, all of a sudden, instead of hearing him answer the questions, you hear his staffers shouting, no questions, no questions. So that's what happens when it's in the White House. They don't get to control who's mic'd up. They don't get to control the lighting. He looks like crap, sounds like crap. When they go across the street, they can control who goes in, who is mic'd up, and they can literally cut the feed whenever they want because they're not using pool cameras. At that point, they're using White House cameras. And we know that the White House staffers literally pull the feed of the White House cameras when he is starting to answer questions. So, no, it's it's all sham. It's all complete sham. And yesterday was a sham as well in the House of Representatives because this Mark Meadows deal, he's the chief of staff right. to the former president of the United States. He has every right to keep the conversations between him and Donald Trump private. He has every right to keep the conversations he had other had with other people as an intermediary between them and Trump private. To, to divulge that information would be to divulge things that the public just shouldn't know about. Like, I don't want to know everything that goes into a decision. I mean, it would be, be cool to know it, but I think it would probably terrify the hell out of me right. to know just how many times we came to the brink of, of total annihilation just on a weekly basis. You can't have that. But the left is now, they want to hold him, they're holding it, voted to hold him in criminal contempt, refer him to the Justice Department for prosecution. And here's the, here's the really bogus part of it, Joe. Mark Meadows has sued the committee challenging the constitutionality and the legality of their subpoenas. So they subpoenaed him. He gave them a lot, but said, I can't give you everything. They said, we're going to hold you in contempt. He sued them, challenging the legitimacy. And rather than fighting that out in court, as you would expect them to, right, they now want to throw him in prison. And and this is this is what they do though. I mean, we had. I mean, did you see Hannity on fire last night, guys? Listen, I'm not the greatest fan of of Fox at all. Matter of fact, I think Fox is trash. I mean, I'll just tell you. I think that they're no different. I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you right now. The Americans are on one side, and that includes some some uh, what I call classical liberals, independents, conservatives. It doesn't matter. We're over here. Eighty five percent of the country is over here, and fifteen percent, which is the rhinos, the establishment and the uh, radical left, they, they, they're odd bedfellows, but they're together. So you have them on one side, the Americans on the other side, and, 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 we're, and we're... And Fox is over there with them. But with, regardless, let's talk about Hannity. Hannity went off last night, 572. I made that number up. That was the number he was giving me this morning. But he said something like 570, 572... Um, violent protests that happened and uh, um, that happened last year. Not one was investigated. Only thing that they're interested in is January 26th or January 6th, right? Mm -hmm. And going after those people. They're charging people like Coy Griffin mm -hmm. with stepping on property. You have people stepping that blew on, up an architectural, architectural Yeah, which was a gate a that was a, yeah, you're stepping on a wall. Which anyone else can step on. People sit on them all the time. Like you go past federal buildings, there's walls along the sidewalk. People sit on those walls. Yeah. People sit on them all the time. Yeah. So, but my point is, is that people were burning down buildings. They were killing people in those buildings. They were terrorizing neighborhoods, terrorizing our communities. The media was saying it was mostly, mostly peaceful while things are burning down around them. Not one person was investigated. They're not investigating any of that. They're not investigating the connection between nonprofits and what are called no-show jobs and the racketeering deal that's happening within those organizations where people are funding these 501c3s. They're putting people on the street with Antifa and Black Lives Matter just to come after the American people, to change the fundamental soul of our nation. No, we're not investigating any of that. We're going after people on January 6th, putting them in prisons that, that nobody should be in, and yet nothing to see here. But they want to go after Mark Meadows, but they can't investigate all the terrorism that happened in our community because they're the ones that are terrorizing our community. It's not hard to see. It's not hard to see. Well, we have a, we have a cut of Mark Meadows explaining his lawsuit because typically when you sue someone, 
when you sue someone and claim that they don't have the authority to go after you, it's usually bad form for that other party to try and throw you in prison before that lawsuit is heard. But here's a clip of Mark Meadows explaining his lawsuit. Mr. Producer, let's play cut number one. You filed, I think, a historic <laughs> lawsuit challenging your old uh, institution's uh, right to subpoena you and to intrude on uh, executive privilege. Talk a little bit about how important that lawsuit is. Well, uh, you know, sadly, it had to get to a lawsuit. You know, we had been working for several weeks, as you know, John, trying to find an accommodation, a voluntary accommodation uh, with the committee to, to share certain non-privileged uh, uh, items. And, and yet what we found was even after in good faith working with the committee to try to provide some documents that were uh, non-privileged and not uh, covered under the president's executive privilege claim. Uh, and by the president's, I'm talking about President Donald Trump's executive uh, privilege claim. Uh, what, what we found was is that uh, not only the scope of their questioning, uh, but really a, a new subpoena that came up uh, that they were going to subpoena all the, the telephone records from a, you know, my cell phone carrier. Uh, they did this without notifying us. Uh, and so it became apparent that we would have to file a lawsuit against Speaker Pelosi and the January 6th committee and so the attorneys uh, did that yesterday. Uh, we don't believe that it's our uh, right uh, or ability to waive executive privilege. That's something that belongs to uh, President Donald Trump. And it would have a chilling effect. You would think about it this way, John. If, if every new president can waive the executive privilege of the previous president and then allow for a Congress to go on a fishing expedition that's got such broad scope, uh, they are not a law enforcement institution. They're a legislative one. And so I don't want to speak to the merits of the lawsuit as much as I, I do think constitutionally we've got something that needs to be protected. That's why we've uh, we filed this lawsuit. Uh, I don't know that it will stop uh, Congress from going ahead and acting on contempt charges, but hopefully the courts will weigh in. This is what courts are set up to do. And uh, someone, uh, you know, can weigh in on the, the merits of the claims that we've laid out in our lawsuit. So files the lawsuit against their constitutional and legal authority to subpoena his records and, and compel his testimony. And Joe, instead of them fighting that lawsuit in court and then having a co the courts decide one way or another who's right, who's wrong, they're jumping the gun and they're referring him for prosecution so that he will actually, uh, if they get their way, he would fight his his lawsuit from the inside of a prison cell. I mean, that that's how evil we're t these people are. That, that's the kind of evil we're talking about. No, I, I look and, and he he pointed out that they're a legislative body. They are not a police or a law enforcement uh, entity and that they are overstepping their bounds and they constantly do it. But it's, it's how they pick and choose how they go after the American people and who they go after and creating this false narrative. They're just a bunch of liars. So let's stop talking about them in any other way than what they are. They're a bunch of liars, right? The bad part is you have people like Liz Cheney and others that are standing behind these pieces of trash right? That should be, frankly, they should be tried for treason. They should be tried for treason. Well, if anyone has evidence of Liz Cheney committing treason, don't hide that for sure. But we do have a clip of Liz Cheney being an a-hole for sure, <laughs> talking about how she wants to hold Mark Meadows in contempt. Realize Mark Meadows used to be her colleague this is just how far she's fallen. Ms. Bruce, let's play cut two. As the chairman said, um, it gives us no, no pleasure to be here again uh, and to be here dealing with the recommended referral of criminal contempt uh, of a former colleague of ours. We understand it's a serious matter and it's a step we wouldn't be taking what if it weren't necessary. We don't take it lightly and we hoped we would not have to be here at all. As the chairman noted, We'd engaged in weeks and weeks of discussions with Mr. Meadows' counsel. We'd worked very diligently to try to reach agreement on cooperation. We'd scheduled a deposition uh, at a time and a day uh, of Mr. Meadows' choosing. Um, but shortly before the deposition was to occur, Mr. Meadows walked away from his commitment to appear 
and he informed us he would no longer cooperate. As the chairman noted, we think Mr. Meadows is improperly asserting executive and other privileges. But this contempt proceeding relates principally to Mr. Meadows' refusal to testify about the text messages and other communications he admits are not privileged. He has not claimed and he doesn't have any privileged basis to refuse to answer our questions about these texts and about these topics. I'm just going to talk about three areas that are critically important uh, to our investigation about which Mr. Meadows. So what she's talking about is they have subpoenaed records from the phone companies and they have everything that Mark Meadows texted. Now, Joe, as you said, they are not a law enforcement body. They are a legislative body. They have to have a legislative purpose, a legislative purpose in order to conduct this investigation. Their legislative purpose constitutionally, legally, cannot be to criminalize other constitutionally protected behavior. Right. They cannot have a legislative purpose aimed at getting rid of your right to freely communicate with other people. His text messages are constitutionally protected free speech, protected by the First Amendment. Now, if they have evidence that he was committing a crime, some kind of wire fraud or something like that over text message, that would be one thing. But that's not what they're alleging. They have communications between lawmakers and Mark Meadows when he was the chief of staff, when he was the go-between between Congress and the president of the United States. So it actually is semi-privileged because when people talk to him, he relays those messages to the president. He is acting as the president's liaison. How do you get to go without probable cause, without any understanding of context of anything? How do you get to go into somebody's private conversation and say, oh, you have to give us all that stuff? No. Yeah. No. No, you don't. Yeah. That's not how it works. I mean, I think they would be much better served. Obviously, it would look worse optically. But all of these people can just walk in there and say, you know what, this is, a, this is a bogus witch hunt, this is a sham. You are on a fishing expedition trying to find some evidence that we did something wrong to throw us in prison. On the advice of counsel, I, I, <laughs> I exercise my Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. Fork off. You're not getting anything. Right. And yeah, for a couple media cycles, they'll say, oh, he's only exercising the Fifth Amendment because he's guilty, right? Remember, they didn't say that when Lois Lerner and the IRS was exercising the fifth, pleading the fifth in Congress. They said, oh, no, that's a that's a that's a very solemn right that you have. One of the reasons that Mark Meadows doesn't want to hand things over is because he says they're going to leak, that the that the committee is going to leak those documents to the public, that they're not actually on a legislative mission. They're just trying to leak things out, just like they leak things out with um, with impeachment. There was a clip and we're going to play it of your favorite person, Joe, Adam Schiff. And we're going to jump ahead, Ms. Pierce, this is cut nine. Adam Schiff is now being accused of doctoring one of those text messages, paraphrasing it, and then presenting it on the screen as if it was verbatim, a verbatim text message. So let's play this, Ms. Pierce, this is cut number nine. I want to display just a few of the message he received from people in Congress. The committee is not naming these lawmakers at this time as our investigation is ongoing. If we could cue the first graphic. This one reads, on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all. You can see why this is so critical to ask Mr. Meadows about about a lawmaker suggesting that the former vice president simply throw out votes that he unilaterally deems unconstitutional in order to overturn a presidential election and subvert the will of the American people. No, subverting the will of the American people yeah. is what happened in the election on November 3rd, 2020. That's when the insurrection occurred. This is garbage. There's nothing, there nothing illegal about that text message. There's nothing unconstitutional about that text message. Those are topics that we discussed at length on this podcast. If you want to listen to us walking through the historical precedent of vice presidents um, not counting certain votes or, or, or different things that they could do during the certification process, go back and watch the episodes in early January of, uh, of 2021 this year or, or late December. We talked about this at length. It is not set in stone. 
you have 18, 1876, where you had literally different slates of electors being sent to Congress and Congress had to work it out. And the vice president's like, whoa, 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 I don't want anything to do with that. Right. You have Thomas Jefferson stepped in and, and counted votes a certain way. There is historical precedent for this. So that text mes- message, first of all, we know it's from Jim Jordan to Mark Meadows. That's what we know. We also know that that text message, those text messages have been given to the Federalist. The Federalist has read them all. And the Federalist says that that is a doctored text message. Yeah. That the text that Adam Schiff just put up on the screen is not how it appears in the text message. That it's either paraphrased or reworded, changed around. He, They're alleging that it's doctored, which is a huge charge. Not only are they seizing people's. Yeah. Not only are they, they seizing people's communications, but they are doctoring them to make it look like they did something wrong. They did the same thing during impeachment. The same exact thing during impeachment. They literally doctored evidence during the impeachment proceedings. But Joe, you cannot be convicted of a crime stemming from testimony you give during congressional hearings or on the floor of the U.S. Congress. They have protection from being prosecuted for things that they say. They cannot be prosecuted for slander, um, defamation, on the floor of the house or in these committee hearings they have they have they're shielded but it doesn't make it any less illegal what he's doing just if just because you can't prosecute him for it doesn't mean it's not a scumbag thing to do but that's why mark meadows doesn't want to hand anything over why would you want to give anything over to this committee there's no real legislative purpose no is these were constitutionally protected activities not talking about the people who are hitting police officers obviously we condemn that breaking windows, destroying property. Obviously, we condemn that. Sure. But the vast majority of the people who were there on January 6th weren't doing that. Do, do you Even know how many people at, are unindictable co-conspirators in that thing on, on a January? Lot. Yeah. More than were indicted. Almost 70. Almost, no. No, almost 70. Almost 70 people are unindictable co-conspirators right now. 70. Yeah. 70 people that were there causing riots that were involved in it that were breaking into the Capitol, including breaking glass and smashing windows, that can't be indicted because they work with the FBI or the CIA. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Think about what we're talking about here. Think about what we're talking about here. Yeah, so this this constitution-protected activity, right? We, we talked about, uh, what was his name, Tim Eunice. Uh, I did a podcast on him last week. He was the event planner for Republicans that got kicked out of the uh, Bob Dole funeral and the Bob Dole memorial service because he had also planned the Ellipse rally on January 6th. Remember, two miles away where Donald Trump had his rally, two miles away from the Capitol. Because he planned that, he was kicked out of Bob Dole's funeral service by Mitch McConnell. So there is this concerted effort to conflate the violence that, that happened at the Capitol because people were punching police officers. That's true. It happened. Is that does that categorize the entire protest? I don't think so, because there were far more peaceful demonstrators than there were violent ones. And as we've covered on the trail, many of those violent ones were likely plants. We have at least one for sure that we did an episode on who was a plant, who was an Antifa plant. They're trying to conflate this. So even if Mark Meadows was involved, obviously he was involved in that ellipse protest. That's constitutionally protected activity. If the president of the United States wants to go onto the National Mall and give a speech that he believes that the election was fraudulent, he has every right to do that. And anyone who helped plan it or helped orchestrate that speech is not a criminal. Right? But that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to they're trying to find anything that they can get to stick. So they're going through every one of Mark Meadows' communications, hoping that they can find something. And as we just showed, they are doctoring those text messages doctoring them to try and convict them in the court of public opinion for a crime that they did not commit. Well, you mean like the one that they're trying to do with me where they said that I wanted anyone that opposes me put to the gallows and hung. Oh yeah. Every time, every time they write that, I mean, I I think we both, we both know, we both can say that anyone who says I want all of my political opponents to be hung. I mean, that's terrible. No one would ever support that. Right. If you had said that, Joe, I would admonish you and I would denounce it. Right. I mean, I, I told I you, I didn't, you I didn't, nervous. well, I said I didn't like where the conversation was going in the hope that we could stop it before it got to that point, and, we, and it never got to that point. But every time I read these articles, it's like it's getting more and more and more. Like, oh, he wants to hang all Democrats. He wants to hang all political opponents. He wants Next is going to be like he wants to hang all puppies, hang all babies. Um, they just keep expanding it. Yep. And, and one of these articles says that me and you discussed hanging our 
political opponents, which has never been, never true. Completely not true. Anyone who's watched this knows that every time this comes up, I'm like, no, let's not talk about this. So to, to, to say that I am discussing, discussing that is absurd. Libelous. They, they do what they want to do. No, but I mean, you just have to wait till the, it gets too far. And now that the rhinos and the, you know, the people that are a part of the establishment are adopting that lie. So now, because that's what they do. That's what weak pieces of trash do. Like the GOP is no better than the, than the radical left. No better than the co-opted Democrats. Actually, they're worse. You want to know why? Because they say they stand for American values while they become obstructionist towards American values. And they do it in such a way like, oh, oh my gosh, oh, they're, they're, we got to let them in, right? That's even worse. And that's what's happening with the, with the GOP and the Republican Party. They're a disgrace and an embarrassment to the American people. But they, they have started adopting this thing, this, this, uh, this idea that, hey, we can just take a lie on the left and use it against the, the grassroots American movement, which is to restore order in our country. It's uh, it's it's more fodder, and what 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 amazes me by it is that the Democrats are are desperate, but so are the rhinos, so are the rhinos. Yeah, yeah. they are coming for them. Gonna take a moment to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by the Conservative Daily Store. If we go ahead and put up my screen, new Christmas T-shirts up. Come and take it, Christmas, modeled after the Texas battle flag. Come and take it with the but instead of a cat a cannon, it is a Christmas tree. Reason we're doing this is because they can't leave well enough alone. They want Christmas to be a vaccine passport holiday where when people come over to your house or you go to other people's house, they check your vaccine vaccination status before letting you in. That's what they're trying to do to Christmas. So if you want to fight back against that, show the world what you think of Fauci and, and his ilk, pick up one of these come and take it Christmas t-shirts available at the Conservative Daily store. Yeah, you said that the rhinos are nervous too because, yeah, the rhinos realize that they are not going to be in power. Now, I, I'm sure they could squeeze their way, weasel their way back into power. But if true conservatives are elected, and, and it's looking like we could see a repeat of 2010, 50, 60 plus congressional seats switching. It's going to be harder in the Senate because there's more Republicans up than Democrats this, this cycle. But in the House, you could have. 40, 50, 60 vote swing. If those are real conservatives, not rhinos, but real conservatives, it's hard to imagine how Kevin McCarthy becomes Speaker of the House. It's hard to imagine it. So the rhinos are, are terrified because they're facing the prospect of being able to claim victory in an election, but not having a mandate for moderate, moderate conservatism, moderate Republican Republicanism. So that's why they're yeah. scary. That's why you see Dan Crenshaw coming out and fighting against conservatives like Marjorie Taylor Greene. We have a club of her we'll play in a second. Jim Jordan. He fights against people like that because he knows when Republicans retake the House, he wants to be in charge of committees. He wants to be at the head of the committee. He says, this is my chance. Right. And the only way he gets put on a committee, Dan Crenshaw voting for far too many Democrat proposals than, than any Republican should be comfortable with. The only way he gets on those committees is if the rhinos retain control. So, of course, he's going to try and denounce the conservatives. The, 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 that's the, the part about it I don't understand. Life is just not that complicated. We've made it more complicated than it has to be. People want their kids to be taught math, science, English, right? Basic stuff in school. They want to have control over being able to teach their kids basics. They don't want activists in schools that are basically polluting the mind of children about what's really happening in the world. They want to be able to have a job and work and not have to give up 50% of their pay to the government. They want to not feel like they're a slave. They want to, they want to go about their life and not have to worry about everything being taken again, uh, away from them and oppressed and have more laws just stacked on top of their forehead. The reason why the, the United States is, is failing miserably right now is because they have made life unbearable for Americans. Unbearable. Yeah. That's what we're dealing with today. They have. I want to play this. We, we have a bit of time left, but I want to play this speech. I don't know if we'll play the entirety of it, but Jim Jordan took to the floor yesterday. One of the uh, conservatives that people like Dan Crenshaw criticized. Jim Jordan took to the floor and gave a speech where he just called the whole thing disgusting. And it's beyond disgusting what the left is trying to do to Mark Meadows and the precedent they're trying to set. Mr. Pierce, let's play a bit of this. Let's play cut three. Is recognized. 
Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. Democrats prevent Republicans from serving on the Select Committee. Democrats kick Republicans off standing committees. Democrats try to make D.C. a state. Democrats try to end the filibuster. They try to pack the court. They do secret impeachment hearings in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol. And they just said a naval veteran is afraid of the truth. And now today, now today they are destroying executive privilege. The United States Supreme Court held those who assist the president must be free to explore alternatives in the process of shaping policies and making decisions, and to do so in a way that many would be unwilling to do except privately. The court further stated presidential administrations of both parties have asserted that president's close advisors are an extension of the president. Who are these close advisors? Who are these individuals who are an extension of the President of the United States? Well, there's actually a bunch. But certainly the three most important are the National Security Advisor, the White House Counsel, and the Chief of Staff to the President. And I would argue the Chief of Staff is the closest of the close. He's the one who spends more time with the Commander-in-Chief than anyone else. Now, why do we have this privilege? Why do we have it? Why is the decision-making process between the president and his close advisors a private matter? Why is that? Well, guess what? Supreme Court told us the answer to that one, too. Quote, executive privilege serves the necessity for protection of the public interest in candid, objective, and even harsh opinions in presidential decision-making. Let me just say that again. Executive privilege serves the public interest. It's for us. It's for we the people. It's not for President Trump. It's not for Mark Meadows. It's not for any president. It's not for any chief of staff. It's for the country. But the Democrats, they're not going to worry about that. They're going to forget about that because they think this is good politics. They think this is all about politics. They used to care. They used to care about executive privilege when Republicans wanted information. During the Fast and Furious scandal, President Obama asserted executive privilege for bureaucrats at ATF and DOJ. And think about it. A bureaucrat in a federal agency gets privilege, but not the chief of staff to the president because Mark Meadows worked for President Trump. And Democrats have been out to get President Trump before he ever took office when they first tried to spy on him, actually did spy on him in 2016. All right, let's They're going to destroy this precedent even though even though this very question. So he's absolutely right, Joe, when Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress for Fast and Obama. Furious, Operation Fast and Furious. Yep, Obama that was executive yep, privilege. He did. And this is just for everyone Democrats. who might not remember, yeah, just for everyone who might not remember, Operation Fast and Furious, that was a scheme in the Obama administration to make it look like guns were deliberately flowing from American gun dealers to Mexico so they could use that as rationale to crack down on American gun sales. If they can prove that guns are going to Mexico, they can use that as an excuse to implement gun control. So the federal government actually deliberately let cartel members buy guns, even though they had been flagged, and let them traffic those guns into Mexico and never stop them before they reach the border. And then how many of those He's guns right. were used to kill Americans? A lot, a lot, a lot. A lot of those guns ended up back in the hands of gang members and cartel members on this on our soil killing Americans and even law enforcement officers. But one of the one of the things that I mean, I, I wish Jim Jordan would have went into it. One of the things that Barack Obama at the time declared used executive privilege to shield from Congress were communications between Eric Holder and his mother. Let that sink in. The attorney general at the time, Eric Holder, had communications with his mother and, and Barack Obama lumped that under the umbrella of executive privilege. Why and wouldn't let Congress get it? So, so listen. We have we have something else that we need to to round off, and that is the Democrats get away with doing whatever they want because they don't hold evil responsible because they're evil people, and they represent an evil establishment. As we look at what the Republicans do, the Republicans give in and do what this thing called compromise, and Newt Gingrich was the king of compromise, and compromise. Is like being on a slope and just a slowly eroding to get to the bottom of the hill. And the bottom of the hill is the death of our country. That's what compromise does. And so people would say, Joe, you have to compromise. No, you don't. 
to see what happens is you, you, you meet in the middle, right? So you meet in the middle. And so then we stretch that again, and you meet in the middle again. And sooner or later, you end up on the radical left. And that's what's happened in our country because we have decided that it's not important enough to stand up for American values. That's how we got to 52 cents on every dollar that you make going to the government is because there, there's been no checks and balances, no been no accountability. There's been no consequences for bad behavior. They can do whatever yeah, they well, want. There's two kinds of compromise. There's, there's true compromise where some, both sides get something, but they don't get everything. And there's the compromise that always seems to happen in Washington, D.C., which is Democrats get some of what they want and Republicans get nothing. Right. Right. Compromise at some level is necessary to just to keep things going. Unless you have a supermajority in the Senate, you have to have some kind of compromise. The problem is that the compromise that we see is not like, okay, well, we will secure the border and legalize some illegal aliens. That is known as uh, comprehensive immigration reform. That was a quote unquote compromise. Instead, what the left is pushing through now is, oh, no, we're going to legalize all the illegals and we're not going to do spend one cent securing the border. And then they expect the compromise to be cutting that number in half. Because here's the issue. When you actually work through the numbers, if you meet the other side halfway four times, they end up getting 94% of what they want. Right. And that's the math in it, right? Yes. And, th and this is why I tell people that they play the patient game while we see our country erode to nothing. We have got to get to the place where we recognize that this is what's happening. And compromise is over. And the GOP should never compromise because the American people are suffering right now. And it's yeah. not suffering from the standpoint of that they can't, you know, that that they can't pay any of their bills. It's it's suffering from the standpoint of they just have to work another hour a day that they don't have away from their kids. We're stealing the joy from the American people. We're stealing their joy. The basic principle of why you want to live, we're taking that away from the American people. Yeah. And, and just if people want to see the math, if you put up my screen, Mr. Producer, when you take 0.5 and you, and you raise it to the fourth power, you get 93.75%. That's the, that's the percentage that the other side gets of what yeah. they want. Right? You raise it to the fifth power, it gets even worse. It gets even worse. You, then you start seeing 96.875, right? This, when, you, when you look at this, think about gun control as just an example. Think about all the gun control bills that they have pushed through over the years and ask yourself, have you ever gotten anything? No, they've chipped away of it. They've eaten a little bit more of the cake at each pass. And now we're sitting there looking at an empty pan saying, well, wait, where's my half? Where's my half of the cake? Nope, they've eaten it all. Because every time that they force you or, or Republicans agree to meet them halfway, they only have to do it four times to get 96, for the other side to get 96% of what they want. And this is why I say that we're in a dangerous place. We've got to get back to just American ideals. I don't even care if you're a, a Democrat, if you're a classical liberal, you're an independent. We leave independence at the, at, the, at the sideline, by the way. We talk about Democrats or Republicans, and we just forget all about independence. Fastest growing group of people in the country. And the reason why they're independent is because they want to be, they just stand for American values. They're like, look, I don't want to get involved in everything else. I don't, want, I don't want to get involved in everything. I just want American values. And then they see this slow erosion and this selling of the American people downriver. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad what we're dealing with today. Pretty sad. Yeah. I mean, there are independents. When you actually look at the political polling, 81% mm -hmm. of people who identify as independent mm -hmm. exclusively lean one way or the other. Right. So there aren't a whole lot of independents who actually straddle the fence and will vote for one side this time, one side the other time. Right. Most almost, uh, the vast majority of political independents just don't want the label of the other side because they end up actually voting one way or the other almost exclusively. So the actual the, the, the piece of the pie for true independence is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking because more people are picking a side. Right. When you see everything going on around us, I mean, but just look at 50, the crazy. 50, Max. It's not 50 yeah. 50. It's not 50 50. This country is not polarized the that. way that they're saying it is across our country. This is them cheating elections and stealing them through these voting systems. Because a vast majority of this country cares about quality of life, cares about 
being able to raise their kids without sort of outside. I mean, the Democrats and Republicans are coming together on vaccines. Democrats and Republicans are coming together on the idea of teaching your kids basic fundamentals of, of education. They're coming together because they're tired. They're tired of watching their kids become pawns for the evil in our society. Yeah. So if we put on my screen, here's here's the the graph I was talking about. This is from Pew. Um, they're not the best polling outfit, but they've been asking these questions for a long time. So you can see trends when you ask the same question over and over again for decades. You can see trends in, in how people answer. There aren't a whole lot of true independents. About 7% of the country, according to these polls, are truly independent, where they don't lean one way or the other. More independents lean Democrat than Republicans. So the fight for Republicans to win in many of these races are actually to win the independents, right? Not the not everyone who just claims to be independent, but the true independents, because left-leaning independents tend to outnumber right-leaning independents, at least in today's day and age. Maybe that's changed. These are 2018, 2019 numbers. I'm sure the pandemic has changed some of that. But if you look back, it, it kind of there's a wave. It, it kind of goes one way, another way. There's there's corrections, right? One year Democrats have a little bit of advantage, the next year Republicans have a little bit of advantage. But the number of independents that we can actually reach is shrinking. The percentage of the company that country that's truly independent that is is up for debate, up for grabs, it's shrinking as people pick a side. Because Joe, I mean, how many people could live through the last year and still be straddling the fence and say, well, I don't know where I stand on the vaccine mandates. Yeah. I don't know where I stand on locking down the country and destroying the economy. No, people have picked a side. And it's probably gotten worse over the past year in terms of how many true independents are left. Yeah, I would agree with I would agree with that. But I would also agree that you're seeing a vast number of people that they say are, are going to vote Democrat that are abandoning the, the social constructs or social leanings to get more in line with, you know, saving just basic principles of, of ethics, which is non-existent. I mean, and by the way, there's Republicans that are at the very end of the far right that, that have very socially leaning left ideologies, such as marijuana. I mean, there's a, there's a large group of Republicans and conservatives that smoke marijuana, me not included. Because I would never do that, but the the but but my point is is that the 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 waters got so muddy on what do people stand for that it's got, it's got to come down to Americans on one side and communist socialist ideologies on the other. So I think that you're seeing that people are breaking with the Democrats and breaking with the idea of what it means to be a Democrat to get more in line with the principles of how do I make my life better? How do I get away from having to pay fifty percent of my pay in taxes? And so Democrats are abandoning oh, yeah. the idea that they're paying that that they're, they're paying not enough, or they need to pay more. Yeah, I mean, this graph is is dated. It's 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 three years ago. Yeah, and you we can't live we we can't live in a country with thirty one percent Democrats, seventeen percent lean Democrat independents, and the polls also show that only twenty two percent of Americans want Joe Biden to run again. Right? I mean, like like that that can't coexist. Yeah, it can't all. You talk about marijuana, we can take this down. Mr. Producer, I saw an article that that liberals are pushing today that and, and frankly, I don't care if, if you want to smoke marijuana. I don't care. I think that it's it's silly to make it illegal. I think that alcohol and tobacco are far more dangerous to yourself and to others than marijuana is. Um, we should legalize it and we should tax the, the hell out of it. Um, but there are articles being pushed around today, Joe, that a study has found that marijuana plants do an excellent job of pulling heavy metals out of the soil. And so they want to increase marijuana cultivation in areas with contaminated soils. Do you see the problem with that? Yeah. If you smoke a plant that has just absorbed heavy metals, you are smoking and inhaling those very same heavy metals. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, I'm looking at this like, well, that sounds like a really bad idea. And then what are they going to do? Planting marijuana. Well, no, they, they would sell it and, and, make, and sell it as product. It, it would kill people. I'm like, well, you guys haven't thought this through. I'm all for it. If, if we want to make hemp rope out of it, fine, right? If you want to make hemp products, fine. Though I think probably we'd all be better if we weren't wearing hemp T-shirts or, or, or hemp clothing with heavy metals leaching out of it. But you can't have people smoke the heavy metal 
laced <laughs> marijuana. That's that's insane. That's absolutely insane. But the left insane. doesn't think it through. The left well, doesn't think it through. I mean, neither does the right. I mean, we look, we, we you can't ignore what's happening in our society and say to yourself that we're on the right track. Ah, oh, we're, we're going to get there. We're winning. As a country, we're winning. Which part are we winning? The homeless population is out of this world. They did a study, by the way. There's a group that um, walked around parts of California and met with the homeless because the narrative that they're creating is that they were pushed to be homeless because they could not afford rent. And so this group went around and had a conversation with, I think, 1,500 or 1,800 homeless people. How many do you think, Max, said that they can't afford rent and that that's why they're homeless? I don't know how many. Not one. Not one. They said that the reason why they were homeless is because of heavy drug use. Yeah. I, I believe that. Meth, heroin. It's not that marijuana becomes a gateway drug. It's that if people that are drug dealers can't find a way to make money by selling you marijuana, they're going to import more things like fentanyl, heroin, recreate meth, so they can get you to buy their illegal drugs. So the pandemic that we truly face now is, is the drug trade. It's a big problem in our country. Big, big problem. And mostly in Democrat-controlled environments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time. Seeing a lot of um, news today in D.C. that they're making a gun control push. Joe Biden gave a, uh, held an event yesterday commemorating the anniversary of the Sandy Hook shooting, which was terrible. Uh, absolutely a tragedy. But they're trying to resurrect the same gun control fervor that you saw in 2013 and trying to do something. And we're hearing that Lindsey Graham is working behind the scenes to work on a, oh, you, you guessed it, a compromise gun control bill that could get 10 Republicans. So stay tuned. That's going to be the facts blast for today since this is what they're, they're trying to push. And hopefully they think they might be able to get it before the end of the year. If they, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't made this push earlier. <clears throat> the only reason that there aren't concentration camps here in the United States like there are in Australia for COVID positive or even COVID negative people the only reason that's not happening here is the Second Amendment. Yep. I mean, you're not going into Texas or Alabama or Florida and putting people in concentration camps. No way, no how. So I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't gone after our guns sooner. Obviously, well, we had them shut down gun stores in the early pandemic, but I'm surprised they haven't gone, gone down that road sooner because they're full tyrant at this point. You know, yeah. Lindsey Graham is just another one of the people in the rhino left, right? And let's just start calling them rhino leftists. Stop calling them people that are sensible. They're just rhino leftists. Cheney's a rhino leftist. Yeah. I'm sorry, Crenshaw is a rhino leftist. He is. The Jim Jordans of the world, the people from the community, we have to rise up and start electing people that represent the interests of the people. That talk the talk and walk the walk. And that means that we have to go against the establishment. That means we have to defund and take money away from the GOP. Do not give them a dollar. They used to call my phone because I gave money to the GOP, you know, as, as late as last year. And they're like, oh, we just need your help. I was like, man, I wouldn't give you a dollar if I knew that you were going to give me a glass of water and it's the last glass of water I, I could have. I would give you nothing. You guys stand for everything that is wrong for this country. And they're like, oh, you're not a Republican? No. Not, not your type of Republican. I'm a stand with the people on truth Republican. And all you guys do is stand for weakness and, and letting this leftist agenda just take over our nation. It's disgusting. It's disgusting that we can't see what's happening in our country and look at it and go, it's Democrats. Everything they touch turns to crap. And the Republicans let it happen so that that cancer can spread. Cut the government by 60%, 70%. Or you know what? Split the country in half. I don't care. I'd rather have the United States of America on one side and you communists, whatever you want to call it, on the other. 
I'd rather have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are out of time. Any anything else to add before we we wrap up? No, we got a speaker tonight. Who's on tonight, Mr. Producer? I'm not sure. Oh, we got we not have sure. a, I'll have to double check. We have we have a guest on tonight, and we'll have a guest on tomorrow, and and we're we're gonna ramp up some of the guests that we have. You may not agree with all the guests that I put on here. You might not, but we're gonna continue to put guests on here and hear their perspective. We're not an echo chamber, people. We want to hear perspectives. And some of you are like, I didn't, I don't like Ron Watkins, or I don't like this person, I don't like that person. All right. I like Ron Watkins. Well, he, you know, there was some Q thing on him. I don't watch Q stuff, right? I've asked him several times, do you stand for the principles of God? He said, yes. So, Max, I I, I brought this up yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. So there's one last thing. Did, did you hear about the the uh, Restart Bank and uh, no. this thing we're going to do with God's Bank? No. So we're going to build a bank. It's called God's Bank. It'll take us about six months to do it. It's a fintech deal. It's it's uh, backed by a custodial bank that's not a big bank. A big ba- you know, the, the Wells Fargo's of the world. It allows you to put money in God's Bank. So it starts with Restart Bank. So if you guys get a chance to go there to restartbank.com, we'll have to figure out how it works. It's going to take a couple months to get God's Bank up. And that's going to happen by the end of uh, Q1. We'll have God's Bank. And then from there, we'll in the second quarter, we'll be able to have God's Bank credit cards and everything else. And frankly, we're just going to take all the profits from that, and we're just going to start helping people in our community. It should be a pretty good deal. It's going to be called God's Bank. And I'm, I'm as excited as I was yesterday. I'm just not feeling well. And so, so you guys know, it's uh, we've been working on all this technology. We've been working on payment processing and everything else. And it's, uh, it's hard to build technology when the plane is in air. So just be patient as you start getting into this. We, we invested in uh, Restart. And eventually, we want to just have an alternate path. So you guys have asked us to build an alternate path. So use the alternate path. So go to Restart. And I think 25,000 people downloaded the, the app yesterday based on our uh, talking about it on, the, on uh, the podcast last night. So good to you guys for stepping up. Well, the last thing I'll say is if we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, if you haven't already, make sure you head over and follow me on Telegram. I think everyone's already following Joe on Telegram, but you can follow me at Telegram at, at MaxJMcGuire. Some people are finding my TikTok Someone said they found my TikTok and they were, I, I do TikToks about fish tanks and stuff just as a little re- uh, stress release. People are now recognizing me there. So if, I'm not going to have any political content there. If you want to follow my political content, you can follow it on Telegram at Max J. McGuire. But yeah, I got, I got recognized yesterday. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Oh boy. They found you. I have to, st- I have to start doing like squid games, wearing a mask. Hey, listen, God's Bank is right out in front of everybody's face, isn't it? Watch God's Bank grow. And then we give it all back. It's kind of a pretty cool deal, yeah. don't you think, Max? Yeah. We bought the URL, yeah. and then we, we applied for all the stuff. We've been still waiting for Votum Tech to go out. So all that stuff is happening, too. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've got a lot of really cool things. We're going to the end of the year. They've tried to block us in every way, and we keep getting past it and building new technology. So if you have a business and you, you need help with payment processing, go to pidoxa.com. And also, uh, you know, th- this podcast is brought to you by MyPillow. Can we put that up? I forget to do this, but save up to 66% with code CD21. That's Charlie David 21. Support Mike Lindell. Support MyPillow. And support my cough. How's that? Yes. All right. God bless you all. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to all the different audio editions. Um, If you can, please do Apple Podcasts. It's very easy. The links are in the description. It takes a second. Click on the Apple Podcast link, hit subscribe, set it up to auto-download, and leave us a five-star review. Um, Even if you don't have an Apple device, if you have a Windows device, if you download iTunes, you can also leave us a five-star review that way, too. You don't have to have an Apple device to do it. You just have to go through iTunes on a Windows device. So make sure you do that. It'd be very, very, very helpful. We go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, so tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder for when we go to air, 
you can sign up for our text alert system. If you're one of the Facebook refugees, since we're no longer there, you're not getting those Facebook alerts. This is the way you can get your alert. Now, sometimes you're busy, fine, but this is going to tell you what we're talking about and how, when, where you can watch. So text the word freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517 to get added to that text alert system. That's it for this edition. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.